All right, here we go. We're back with part two of the Thomas Fitch Sports Show. I'm still Thomas Fitch, and I'm still hosting this show. Um, we're wrapping up um, our stars of the game. Now, this isn't exactly the stars of the game. These are actually the biggest disappointments. Um, Chris Warren, mm, seven carries, 14 yards. And granted, a lot of that, he's not getting a lot of touches. But And it's hard when you're running behind a tough line. I think one reason that Tony Carter had a much better game was because we're running him outside. And when you're running outside and you have big guys like Lil Jordan, you have big guys like Colin Johnson, like Reggie Hemphill Maps blocking, those guys can overman the defensive backs they're going against. But when you have a weak offensive line and you're trying to run Chris Warren up the middle, it's you know that doesn't work. However, he did have a great reception. Um, he caught, he had one one catch for 33 yards. That was a touchdown. Um, and I I think we need to utilize him him and Carter out of the backfield more because they're both, especially, so Carter's just fast in space and he's elusive and he's good at catching. But Warren is, he's impossible to stop when he gets ahead of steam. Porter, he can, he can be running like two times, like faster than anybody on the field. And the second he touches a defender, he just falls over. Warren, if he's got ahead of steam, you're not going to stop him. He's going to jump over you. He's going to run through you. He's just big and he's fast. And we, and while the offensive line, until we can, uh, get healthy on the offensive line. We got to spread him out, run him with some screens, get him running wheel routes um, like we did in that one play for the touchdown because he's so athletic that you get him in the open field and he's so dangerous to stop. Uh, the other disappointment was Puna Ford. He only had one tackle, and it, I'm singling out Puna Ford just because he is a good player and we expect more of him because he's so good. But one tackle. That's all. And um, and I think that kind of represents the D-line in general. They struggled. They struggled to get pressure. They struggled to stop uh, the backup quarterback when he came in. So that's going to have to be fixed before Oklahoma. Um, overall, though, we have an overall MVP. This, this is not even – there's no discussion here. It's Michael Dixon, the punter. Um, <laughs> He, he had three punts for 160 yards, averaging about 53 yards per punt, only 53 yards. And his first punt, I remember his first punt, it looked really bad. It sounded bad. It still went about 45 yards. That's For a college punt, that's good. Like Even in the pros, they're like, oh, that's, that's a decent punt. And that was a bad punt for him. And then the next punt, he goes and he boots 67 yards. He absolutely flipped the field. And, and he's just so much fun to watch. Like, it's not often where you get to watch the punter and you're like, oh, this is fun. You know, normally, like, oh, he punts it, whatever. But it's, he just, he kicks it so far. It's impressive. I think this guy could get drafted. Like, punters don't often get drafted. He might get drafted in like the fifth or sixth round because he, he and he's going to be playing on Sundays for a while. Anyways, um, that basically concludes my coverage on Kansas State. Um, the only other thing. This was probably the worst performance I've seen from a Kansas State team. And what I mean by that is their lack of discipline. You know, Kansas State, they're known for their discipline. They don't turn it over. They don't, um, they don't turn it over. There's no, they don't have penalties. But they, one interception, so that's not bad. Um, you know, you expect to have that stuff. Um, but they also, um, what killed them was their penalties. And uh, let me see if I can get penalty yards. Uh, I'm not finding it right now, but here they had, they had in overtime they had back-to-back holding calls, 
And I was talking to some of my friends and, and we were going, he's going to have a heart attack before he gets back on the plane. Because the way that his team works and, and, and has good seasons year after year after year, they don't get four-star or five-star talent. They get two and three stars and walk-ons. And he makes them disciplined. He makes them where they don't have holding tur- holding calls. They don't have false starts. They don't have dumb turnovers. And so, um, and so what happens when that when um, when you have these holding calls and you have these turnovers is suddenly your lack of talent becomes obvious and. And that's why, that's part of the reason why we win this game is because they just did not have, um, they didn't have discipline. Anyways, let's go into um, our OU game preview because I think this is going to be a really, a really good game. This is going to be one, this is going to be one for the ages. So, um, and here's why, here's why. OU has a good O-line, like I said before, a great quarterback and Baker Mayfield, a Heisman talent. But they have a really bad defense. And, you you know, when Baylor put up 41 points on them uh, the other week, my first thought was how, how does 0-4, I believe they were 0-4 that time, or 0-3, how, how do they put up 41 points and almost beat Oklahoma? And then Iowa State, who Texas held to seven points at, uh, at Iowa, when Iowa State was home, then Iowa State goes on the road and puts up, I believe 38 points against Oklahoma. So clearly Oklahoma's defense is struggling. And, and they lost a lot of players to the draft. They're young. So Texas is going to have to take advantage of that. It's, it, it could be a shootout. Um, but hopefully the defense will improve and uh, improve from the poor performance against Kansas. And it, again, it wasn't a terrible performance. You know, the 34 points... Seven of those were in, were in overtime, so 27 points in regulation isn't terrible, but it's against a Kansas State team that doesn't have a great offense. Um, so if Sam can play the same way that he did against Kansas State, I think we have a good chance to win or at least be in a close game with Oklahoma. Plus, it's a rivalry game. You know, you, you kind of throw stats out the window. It's whoever wants it more. And I do believe that Herman has gotten his players to fully buy in on the program. They've bought in 100%. And so when you have players that have bought in on the program and have bought in on their coach and have bought in on their leaders, you know, then you get a team who can believe in themselves and who can go out and fight and give it everything they have and win a rivalry game. That's how you win them. So um, it should be a really, a really good game, a really close game. I said that this Kansas State game was going to be close, <laughs> and it was. Um, so... Uh, that should do it about for that, the OU game preview. Um, I don't know when I'll be able to do the recap of that because I'll be going to ACL next weekend, but I'll let you all know. I'll keep you all posted. Anyways, let's talk college football playoff real quick before we get out of here. Um, I'll go through through my top four and then kind of break it down. Number one, coming at number one is Bama. You know, that's, that's not hard to argue. Um, two, Clemson. Three, Georgia. Four, Washington. And... I think Bama and Clemson were easy to do to, to pick, and I think you can go back and forth on Bama and Clemson and who's better. Clemson's beaten more people, but I think at this point, Bama has been blowing teams out, and there's no reason to switch up what's what's been there. You know, I and, and one and two doesn't matter that much. They're both making the playoffs, and they're both playing different teams. Um, 
What is tough for me to decide was three, four, and five because it's between Georgia, Washington, and Penn State. And you can kind of throw TCU in the mix there, but I don't think they're as elite as those three teams. And when, when I'm trying to decide between teams where I think they're close, they're both, they're all national championship capable teams. I like to look at who is the easiest route and who do I think is going to likely win out the rest of their games. And that's why I put Washington ahead of Penn State. I think Georgia actually has a tougher route than Washington or Penn State, but I think that they are, they're, they're like, there are a couple teams who could beat Bama, and it's Clemson and Georgia. I don't think Washington can. I don't think Penn State can. We saw Washington, a good team last year, who got killed by Bama. So I think Clemson and Georgia are the only two teams who can actually keep up with them. So between Washington and Penn State, the only ranked teams Washington has, to, has left to play are they have to play um, they have to play Washington State at home and they play Utah although Utah lost so they're going to be out of the top twenty five so the only top twenty five team left on their schedule is Washington State which they have at home and then they'd have to play in the Pac twelve championship probably against a USC team who will be a top fifteen ish team with one or two losses so the hard thing for for them is they didn't play anybody in the off or in the the uh, pre conference schedule. So that doesn't look good. But if they go undefeated and they beat Washington State, they need Washington State to be ranked when they play them. And then they beat you know a team like USC in the Pac-12 championship game. If they're undefeated, they're going to make the playoffs. Penn State still has Michigan. And although they lost, Michigan's still a good team. They're just young. They have Ohio State, who's a good team. And they're going to have to win the Big Ten championship to get in. So they're going to have to beat probably Wisconsin, who is a really tough matchup, very good defensive team in the Big Ten championship. So that is why I have Washington over Penn State. And as far as Georgia, Georgia has, uh, I believe they still have Auburn left and, uh, and I think Florida. Those are the two ranked teams um, I believe that they have left. But then they're also going to have to play Alabama in the SEC championship game. So that'll be interesting to look at. If, if Bama and Georgia both come in undefeated to the SEC championship game, who gets in? Does Bama get in? Uh, or like, does a loser get in at one loss? You lose in the championship game. That's just something we're going to have to find out. And again, I'm a big fan of the 18 playoff where you don't have to have this, this discussion because with, with Washington, Georgia, Washington, and Penn State, all these teams are elite. When you start talking about your TCU teams, your, your uh, I guess USC has been kicked out, but those teams, I think USC, um, I think USC will make it into, will end up probably with one loss. But you look at your, your five or your six, seven, eight teams, there's less debate over could they win a national championship. And so I think eight is a perfect number where if you're getting left out as the nine seed, you're like, there's a lot less chance of you winning than getting left out as a five seed. So that's my little thing there. Um, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for uh, watching, tuning in, uh, whether you're watching this live, watching on YouTube, or checking out the podcast, which is kind of on iTunes. If you're confused on how to find it on iTunes, just let me know and I'll try to help you find that. But thanks so much for listening. Um, We'll be back at some point next week. Um, But thanks again. Hook'em horns. It's 106 and OU sucks.